Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We are down here at the 41st Annual TAP State Conference on Addiction Studies at the beautiful Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort and Spa down in San Antonio, Texas. Nice to have you with us, and we're catching up with a lot of uh, new friends and old friends. And an old friend is joining us in this segment. He's another leader and legend. He's a self-proclaimed farmer who was often mistaken for Richie Cunningham, if you can believe that, from uh, Happy Days. He's a man who always embraces his inner child. Jerry Moe is with us here at the 41st Annual TAP State Conference on Addiction Studies, Director of Children's Program at the Betty Ford Center, which is a part, of course, of Hazel and Betty Ford. Uh, he's also a member of the advisory board of NACOA, the National Association of Children of Alcoholics. Good to see you again. It has been a long time, Jerry. Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, it's so good to be here, Neil, and so good to see you as well. I love the presentation that you did about kids, and it's really understanding addiction through a child's eyes. Uh, how is that different? Well, I think what's different is that addiction, whether it's alcoholism or drugs or something else, is a disease of silence and secrecy and shame. So very often children are confused and don't necessarily understand what it is that's going on in their family that just takes their mom or their dad or an older brother or sister and transforms them into someone they're not. How do kids get into the program? I mean, it's, it's really, it seems to be a rather unique program, what you're doing at the Betty Ford Center. You know, in a variety of ways, Neil, um, we work closely with other treatment centers that don't have a children's program. So someone might go to treatment somewhere else, finish treatment and come and bring their kids and do that piece. We work closely with Children's Protective Services, with the courts, with the police department, mental health, people in private practice. Um, therapists who focus on continuing care kind of things when yeah. people get out of treatment. There must be some minefields in terms of active alcoholics turning their kids over. This is a disease of denial into a children's program. And, you know, Art Linkletter used to say, kids say the darndest things. You showed some artwork yesterday, and it reminded me, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. I would say the artwork you showed yesterday was worth a thousand feelings. Most definitely. And in the presentation yesterday, I think sometimes we focus too much on the disease. And we certainly showed pictures of how kids see the disease. You know, how has addiction hurt your family? But I think more importantly, we showed pictures of kids in the healing process with their families as well. And we don't often talk about recovery and the hope of recovery for the entire family. It's huge. And it's happening. Absolutely. I've been saying ever since the mid-70s that you know, the bright side of addiction is recovery. And, and most people don't think of that bright side. They think of the still sick and suffering. They think of the family dysfunction rather than family recovery. You have seen, gosh, a ton of long-term recovery in what you're doing with kids. Absolutely. You know, believe it or not, it's going to be 38 years of doing this in November. So some of the first kids I worked with are 50 <laughs> years old. 
my goodness. And, and you know, in, in today's age with technology and with social media, I've got adults finding me all the time saying, thank you. I was too young. I was too young to appreciate the depth of what I was doing or what it meant for my life. But, but so many of these boys and girls grew up, Neil, and never, never developed this disease themselves. And yet, you know, I think just as successfully, many boys and girls went through the children's program and at the age of 17 or 18 would call and say, you know what, I realized I'm trapped by addiction, I need help, I'm going to go do some treatment and recovery, which is very, the very language that we use in the children's program. So very gratifying. Over the 38 years, any idea numbers-wise how many kids you have worked with? Oh, no. I mean, what I can tell you is that in the last 17 years, that's the time I've been at the Betty Ford Center doing the children's program. There, it's been almost 26,000 oh, kids and family members. And before, who knows? I mean, yeah, I, I, want, I try to not think about numbers. I try to get up every day and, yeah. you know, thank my higher power. I've got another day and just be of service to kids and families who are hurting, who are scared, parents who feel guilt and shame, and help them to overcome that and to have happy, serene lives that I believe everybody deserves. Absolutely. When we talk about numbers, what are the age numbers in the program at Betty Ford? Well, at the Betty Ford program, Neil, it's an all-day program for three days or four days. And with that in mind, typically 7 to 12 are the ages. Mm -hmm. I want to try to get kids before they pick up that first drink or that first drug, because as you know, for some people, the first drink, first drug, they're already off to the races. Yeah, they they yeah. have the disease. You know, early on in my career in Northern California, when it was more of that traditional, you saw kids in a small group once a week, I would do groups for kids as young as four to six years old. Oh, my goodness. Who had a sense, who had a sense that something was wrong, and who were very worried about mom or dad, but just couldn't put it all together. Obviously, the first step in what you're doing has to be trust, getting Abs the yeah. kids to trust you. Yes. And, and once that happens, it probably opens up the floodgates. It does. It, it's building relationship. And I think through time, Neil, going to an all-day program where you're with kids for six or seven hours and you're playing with them, you're eating with them, you're doing group with them, you're walking around campus with them, that really helps to build that trust. And, and, and boys and girls come into group and it's not, don't tell me, show me. Mm. You know, show yeah, me somehow yeah. you're different. And once you have that trust, I think boys and girls are more than willing to unload the burden that they carry. But, but I really believe the magic goes way beyond me, way beyond the staff. There's something, and it's true with adolescents, and, and we know it's true with adults, whether it's in a 12-step meeting or in a treatment center. There's something magical about being in a circle with people who had the same experience. We were at the 41st Annual Trap State Conference down here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, visiting with one of the leaders and legends in this field, a guy who's always been a hero of mine, Jerry Moe. Uh, you shared a story yesterday that I would like you to share with our listeners, the story of the memorial service that you went to. Oh, and that was just a couple of months ago. Oh, it's amazing, you do this work, and Neil, you've been around this for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And, and we live this, you know, we live it, we breathe it, it's our job, but it's also part of our personal recovery. And yet I got to tell you that, that every time I get a call uh, from a child or from a parent, someone's died 
it's always that slap across the face. Yeah. You know, it, it's a fatal disease. We know it. Mm. I know it in my head. But boy, does it hit and does it hurt. So get the call from grandparents. You know, mom had OD'd on drugs, uh, pain medication. We know what that's like these days. And then the heroin and just an overdose. And so the grandparents brought the, brought the kids to see me and we had a great session. And the little boy said, you got to come to the memorial service. You got to sit right next to me. I need you. You promised you'd always be there for me. Mm. Absolutely, I'll go. And you know, it, it was a very unusual service. And I've been to way many more of these than I ever want to count. But at the beginning, someone talked about setting ground rules. And we're only going to talk about positive stuff today, <laughs> you know, which, which was fascinating. And so a, a couple of different people, uh, you know, spoke eloquently about their relationship with this young lady, young, 30 years old, who passed away. And then all of a sudden, here's the 12-year-old who'd been through our program a couple of times and had done continuing care with us. And she stands up in front of the entire congregation, which just getting up, and this was unannounced, this was not planned, mm. and, and, and said, um, you know, thank you for coming, but there's something that you need to know. And she said, my mom got trapped by addiction. She was using drugs. That's what killed her. And she stopped and took a breath, and there was kind of like this shock that the elephant in the living room. And it's a 12-year-old teaching all the people uh. there. And she said, but what's important for you to know is even though my mom was trapped, she's not a bad person. She did some bad things. But I love my mom, and it's the goodness of my mom that I'll always embrace and carry forward. It's like, whoa. What a teaching moment. Incredible. <laughs> what a teaching moment. Jerry Moe is joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. We are down here at the 41st Annual TAP State Conference on Addiction Studies, a great conference, great people, great presenters like Jerry Moe. Talking about the family dynamics, what are the family laws of addiction that you shared yesterday? Well, they go back to my dear friend, our dear friend, Claudia Black. Oh, yes. In her book, It Will Never Happen to Me. Uh, and, and Claudia coined these, and you know, the first time I ever heard her speak about this was at uh, an incredible conference called FamCon West in <laughs> San Diego, well. 1981, and Claudia talked about don't talk, don't trust, don't feel, as being the laws that people learn in families, and I think that the gift that the treatment field is given to the entire helping professionals is these family laws just don't fit alcoholism or drug addiction but it could be divorce it could be domestic violence it could be sexual abuse it could be suicide it, po poverty so many different things those are the laws and the irony is in the work that we do with children or adolescents and adults, what are we asking them to do? The exact opposite. We're asking them to, you know, trust me. We talked about building yes. the relationship with kids. Yes. And to talk and to feel. I think you said children don't, don't care very much about you until they know how much you feel about them or yeah, something like that. Children don't care about how much you know That's it. until they know about how much you care. Yeah, so yeah. it's building that relationship. And I think often, especially when we're training new counselors that are going to come and take our place, we get so caught up in theory. We get so caught up in technique. And what we forget is that just basic, just build relationship. Treat people with dignity and respect and kindness and love. 
And then, no matter what techniques you have in your bag, you're going to reach them in a way that you would never be able to reach them before. Jerry Moe joining us for a few moments on Recovery Coast to Coast with the children's program at, at the Betty Ford Center. Are there other programs like this around the country? There are. You know, if you think about it, Neil, the apex of groups for children from addicted families was probably in the mid-1980s. I know there were over 500 of them. Just here in the state of Texas, when Ann Richards was governor, there were 102 children's programs. Today, across the United States, I'd say maybe 20. Oh, why? Well, I think a couple of reasons. Number one is that so many of these programs were housed in treatment centers. And if you think historically, in the early 1990s, when managed care hit, and so many treatment centers closed, when treatment centers have hard times and they need to make cuts, what are they going to cut? They're probably going to mm. cut the non-revenue producing programs and children's programs are never going to make money. You hope, you hope to break even. I think the other thing, people like me who are clinicians, a lot of folks started their own children's programs and didn't have the necessary business background to run those, so they've just been lost in the shuffle. Let me ask you about a, an organization you have been very close to over the years, which is NACOA. What is happening with NACOA now? Uh, NACOA is, is probably stronger now, Neil, than, than it's ever been. Really? Yes. Yes. With, 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 you know, with, through all the years and all the changes. You know, NACOA, uh, many years ago, decided that if it really wanted to make a difference, it needed to be in Washington, D.C., and NACOA's mission, as always, is how do we collaborate with other groups of people who work with kids, whether it's the schools, whether it's pediatricians, social workers, the clergy. So a number of initiatives of training those particular groups, like the clergy project, just came out with a huge curriculum. Um, the other thing about NACOA, under the, the leadership of Sis Wenger, who is president and CEO, you know, we now sit at the table at the White House Office on National Drug Control Policy. You know, we sit at the table with SAMHSA. We sit at the table and are able to influence and are able to continue to bring up, please, don't forget about children, don't forget about families. As, uh, as as you look at developing new policy and new programs. I've just made a note to self, and that is to get a hold of Sis Winger and get her back on the radio show. Oh, she would love to come on. And, and boy, could she tell a story. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, Jerry, and if just joining us, Jerry Moe is with us here at the 41st Annual TAP State Conference on Addiction Studies. Who are the new Jerry Moes coming up? <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. About 10 years ago, Sharon Wegsharder Cruz... Who, Another giant in this field. Who, when she was running on site, trained me, and I look upon her and Joe as being mentors of yeah. mine. And about 10 years ago, Sharon asked me that same question. Really? Oh, absolutely. Because I think, as a field, we've not done a good job of grooming right. leaders. I, we're doing more now. NADAC is leadership right. uh, initiatives, really making a difference. So, believe it or not, there are a number of of people who work in, in our children's programs. And keep in mind, Betty Ford Center children's programs um, on the campus of Rancho Mirage, um, but also in Irving, Texas, and in Denver, Colorado. And so many of our staff are in their 20s and 30s and are learning how to do this, and they will carry the torch. And I'll tell you, 
having just done um, groups for the last four weeks in a row, man, I wish I had some of that 20 and 30 year energy these days. <laughs> uh, Jerry Mo joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. Is there a website connected with your program? There sure is. If you go to um, www.hazelden, H-A-Z-E-L-D-E-N, Betty Ford, Dot org. There's a lot there. Let me say right. it again. www.hazeldenbettyford.org. And go to children's programs. And if anybody wants to call and just and, and personally talk to me about a child or a grandchild or a family situation, if I could help, hey, toll-free number for me, 1-800-854-9211. Ask for extension 4103. I promise I'll get right back to you. You mentioned grandparents. What is the role of grandparents? You, you must see and work with an awful lot of grandparents. Neil, every year the number of children who are brought by their grandparents increases. Oh. Um, you know, we're talking about parents who are out of control or maybe incarcerated or homeless. And here's here are the grandparents coming and, and trying to do the best with their grandchildren. But I tell you, what a tough situation because on the one hand, here's your child who's addicted. And no matter how much we call it a disease, here are grandparents who see their child addicted who feel guilt and shame and then trying to take care of their grandkids. You know, in my talk yesterday, one of the things I said, for years I've made reports to Children's Protective Services. Kids in danger, kids mm -hmm. neglected, kids abused. These days, we make more reports to adult protective services. So here's the, the little kid telling us that their parents are abusing the grandparents when oh. they won't give them money, when they won't enable them. So mm. there's grandparents who, um, you know, who are doing their best to raise their grandchildren, often under some really challenging, difficult situations. Jerry Moe joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast down here at the big conference in San Antonio, Texas. Yesterday you mentioned angels, and it made me think of a, the words of a, a song written by a friend of mine out of Asheville, North Carolina, which is, the lyric goes, We are each other's angels. We meet when it is time. We keep each other going, and we show each other signs. For almost 40 years now, you have been showing signs to many, many people. You are truly one of my heroes. Jerry Moe, a therapist who always sits at the kids' table. Absolutely. <laughs> Jerry, thank you so much for your time. So wonderful to see you again. So good to see you, Neil. I hope our paths cross again sometime very soon. I do, too. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. We're going to take a short time out. Back with more from the 41st Annual TAP State Conference on Addiction Studies down here at the Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort and Spa in San Antonio. We will be right back.